Garage fam, we are back in me, Garage Guy. I'm joined by a good pal that I've made in the past year. Um, he's been driving in cars. He's been busy this winter, um, you know, staying, staying warm when we're all freezing our nuts off out, you know, in the, uh, in the wilderness of life. And I know it's probably snowing where he is right now. It's Brad Perez, Brad Perez Racing. And I have my arm going this way, but you're actually over here in this box. We forget it's mirrored sometimes. Hey, Brad. <laughs> what's up what's up how's it going Not too much how are how are you man how's uh you I, I i can imagine you're tired yeah this is like the first day i've been able to wake up past like six o'clock in the morning in like 14 days <laughs> i'm oh. excited about that no i know how that goes man i know how it yeah. goes it's uh it's it's a it's a grind in this uh in this motorsports world that we that we live in but uh, you, you had a very interesting weekend. I can't wait to talk a little bit about that. Uh, before we dive off into the show, as always, this Garage Talk is brought to you by Hooters. Uh, right now, if you get over to Hooters2Go.com or download the Hooters app and use promo code GARAGEGUYS, you're going to save $10 off any order, $30 or more. Okay, so do that. That's $10 that you could use to go and invest money in the poll picks that Brad is going to give out at the end of this episode. It's, uh, it's $10 that you could use to uh, buy a sandwich. I don't, I don't know. If, if maybe you could use the $10 that you saved at Hooters just to go back to Hooters and buy more stuff from Hooters, okay? So, again, promo code GARAGEGUYS, uh, valid at participating locations for delivery and carryout orders, $30 or more, and that's the fine print. Um, we don't have a fine print guy. Dale, Dale is, uh, Dale is, is not here right now. I, 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 I don't see him. Do you see him? Is he, in, is he in your closet, Brad? Pour one out for Dale. Here you Pour go, one out for Dale. That would be oh, some sorry. shit if he actually there walked out of there. No, Dale is, uh, <laughs> Dale's tied up with some family matters this evening. So it's all good. Everybody wish Dale yeah. a happy weekend, Hope he's but, well. uh, but we're here for Brad, Brett. So first thing I got to talk about your Twitter profile you go by bread Perez. What, what, what's the story on that? All right. So this one is a, it's, it's a weird story, but uh, it's definitely something if, if you're from Miami, you can relate to this. Uh, so uh, I grew up in mostly like a Spanish speaking area. What's a lot of Spanish speaking, predominant Spanish speaking schools. And uh, I don't have a Spanish first name. Um, <laughs> oh, obviously, <man. laughs> I know where this is going. yeah, so, um, so I was, uh, I used to get put in Spanish speakers class all the time and like, I could speak Spanish, but it's like, how come y'all just assume that? So like, they just put me in the class and the teacher never spoke English. So she just didn't know. So she would like, she'd be like doing roll call and she goes, Bradley or Brenly or Bradley. And I'm just like present I guess and then I kind of got tired of that she never used to spell my name right and it's like it's on the computer like it's literally on the like you can read it and it's like you can accurately spell it so I was tired of that so one day I was like you know what let me just shorten it so I was like Brad it's four letters everyone knows who Brad Pitt is you know like there's a reference there now 
And uh, so I went to the food truck uh, during lunch. We had a food truck, and it obviously was a Cuban food truck. What? So I no, like this is where it goes. So I'm I'm going to the food truck and I'm putting my order. And they asked for my name, and I write I put it. I say Brad, and then they write it down. And then um, they called me for my order, like over everything, like over the whole cafeteria. And they're like Brad, and I said. I said, damn. <laughs> All right. You know You're what? Bread. That day I said, that is it. My name is now Brad. I've changed my Twitter name to that and I have not changed it ever since. <laughs> Dude, that is amazing. Like, I mean, that that is like the farthest thing of where I would have thought that that nickname came from. I think it's amazing that you've come this far. Like you spoke no Spanish and you were just in this classroom where they were just speaking Spanish all the time. No, well, I mean, like in so it was Spanish speakers class, like Spanish for Spanish speakers. Gotcha. So like it's so like everybody in that class was bilingual. We would just basically learn advanced Spanish. But like, I don't know why they put me in that class. because It's like I don't want to be in no Spanish speakers. Like, I just I don't want to. You're supposed make it. to speak this language. <laughs> Go here. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like like, why would I take AP history if I don't have to? Like, I don't care enough. So like, why are you putting me in Spanish speakers class? Like you just assumed that I spoke Spanish. How did you know that? They assumed your language. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Terrible. that's messed up. I hated that teacher too. I still don't like her. I, w- I mean, <laughs> I, I feel you on that. I would too. I think it's I think it's really interesting though too that you guys had food trucks, bro. Like we had the ladies with hairnets, and we had chicken nugget day <laughs> on Thursdays <laughs> where I went to school. I had a very small, very small high school. I had like a graduating class of fifty. Um, so Damn. it was it was tiny, and uh. And so, yeah, man, it was uh, that that was that would have been the coolest shit in the world to just like be like, I'm going to the food truck, you know, because some places when I got to college, bro, it was like in a mall where we had like fast yeah, food. Yeah. I was just like, damn, bro, like this is really like going to the mall every day. So I think that's cool as shit that you had that. Did y'all wear uniforms? We did wear uniforms. That was the psyche part. Um, so I went to a private high school in Miami. So originally I was going to go there to play ball. And then um, the program that they had there was really good. So I went, ended up, funny enough, ended up playing ball for two years, baseball. And then I stopped playing. Okay. And then I joined, like, on some high school musical type shit. I joined the drama club. Dude, and, shout, yeah. shout out, bro. I was in one, too, bro. I was in Yo, let's go. Shout I was out. a thespian, bro. I was hey, we, we were thespians legit. all the way. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I, I don't talk about it enough, actually. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, we had... I think it's interesting because like it, it's stacking up now because baseball player in high school and yep. was thespian in the drama club. Um, my my first role was a redneck man named Virgil. It was uh, <laughs> the, the, the play was called Virgil's Family Reunion. And that was probably one of the highlights of my high school career after blowing my ankle out playing baseball. So, Damn. Yeah, so I think it's interesting that you you played ball, man. I didn't know that about you. When when did you was like baseball your first love, or was racing like there as well? So I actually I liked racing more than anything in the world. Like that was like my this is what I want to do. Period. Figured that out when I was like five, but obviously it wasn't realistic. Like where I was born, and then like the way my family was. So obviously being Dominican, it's kind of like. You, you play baseball. This is the thing. So yeah. my dad you played what baseball. what Sammy Sosa's doing, son? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, it was like that. Like, I would go home or I would go to DR with my dad and my family. And then, like, we would be playing baseball on the street. And I'd be like, well, here I, here I go. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> this is my thing, I guess. This is what we're doing. 
And then uh, when I came back home, my dad, obviously, he, he played baseball. He used to uh, play for – he played in college in DR, like was scouted and all this stuff. And then he blew his ACL. So that's why he didn't go to the bigs. But um, so I ended up playing baseball since I was like seven until I was a junior in high school. Like I played travel team, all that stuff. Damn, dude. That's I love hearing stories like that, because like for me, we had like little league growing up and we had, uh, you know, we had some of the travel ball. Like I was obviously there's an age gap between us. Like I was born in 92. What year were you born in? 97 97 so not too bad of an age i mean we're still still children of the 90s so it's uh it, but but yeah the travel ball thing really popped off in like the two like the more the mid 2000s i would say and yeah. uh, we had some of our you know my little cousins they played in it and it became way bigger than the little league scene so you know having that i think that fundamentally is is a big thing but yeah, man, when you get when you get involved in the world of baseball, for me, it's like the amount of work you put in. Like, I feel like, you know, like if you're good and like, are you know, yeah. if this is going to go far, <laughs> like where like was there like a moment where you were like, OK, this probably isn't going to amount to much or like, did you? <laughs> yeah, dude, like so when I was playing travel ball, um, that was honestly a big step for me because I thought I played a lot of rec leagues and um I was usually like a lot on the better side of the rec, uh, rec players. And then when I did travel ball, I was kind of humbled a little bit. So I kind of, I tried a little harder to get a little better. And, uh, you know, I lifted weights for the first time, never done that. Like, you know, really actually like went and had a pitching coach and I, I started getting better at that. And then I think my last year of travel ball, when I went to become a freshman in high school, I did my tryout for the team and I, I made a team was in JV and all that, but I was like, Oh my God, these are grown ass men. Like yeah. I'm, I'm in this bullpen. Like, yeah, I could throw like a pretty nasty sinker at like maybe low eighties, but then you got like this guy who is like six to like two fifty, and he can throw like 90 miles an hour. And I'm like, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm not cut out for this shit. Yeah, dude. I, look, I'm right there with you, man. Like, going going up through that, it was uh, – I was decent at hitting for a while. And then the I was more – I was just a fielder, dude. I was an outfielder. But I was a short, chubby kid. Like, I didn't hit my growth spurt probably until I was, like, 17 years old. So, it was just way too tough. late for me in life. And like, so, Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. yeah like it was, uh, I was definitely a late bloomer for sure, man. And, and so like getting the ninth grade, looking like the small child and seeing that, like, it's very relatable, <laughs> very relatable yeah. stuff there. Yeah. So I totally get it. And, and I think it's, I think it's cool too. Like, cause with you, like, I guess not really having the, the, the resources or whatever, you know, to get into racing, like, where was it like once you graduated is that like where you gravitated towards like how did everything kind of come into play now i mean you just finished up an architest uh, you've you've ran a race uh for arca in the past am i am i right on that yeah Watkins glenn last year yeah so you did you've done a road course race in arca car um and i mean so it's like now you're kind of putting it all together and it's just kind of like starting to snowball a little bit and build but where was kind of like that first door, that opportunity that you saw, like what got you kind of like to the point that you're at now? So uh, I'm kind of actually going to add upon the, the baseball conversation. Um, so 
I had to do something competitive. Like obviously I knew baseball, it, it was the only thing I could do at the time that I knew I was good at other than racing. Um, but then kind of once I figured out, like, okay, I'm not going to be at the top level unless I like commit 100 million thousand percent and like get bigger and all this stuff. And I was like, it's not, no, I don't think it's, I'm not passionate enough about the game for, for me to do that. Um, so I figured, all right, I got to make a decision here. So that's when I joined drama club. So I, I, I freed a lot of my time up. And then in doing so, I actually started running a bunch of indoor karting leagues. So I got back into racing because I was doing a lot of like um, online racing, like in our 2003 at the time, uh, I racing a little bit and it just wasn't enough. So I figured, you know what, let me like drive a real car for the first time in forever. I was like 16 at the time. So um, I started doing like, like K1 speed type stuff. I, I did like you know, different indoor karting leagues. And I was doing really well. And I was like, oh, damn. Okay. So like maybe the internet stuff can translate to something real. Like, obviously it's, it's just rental karting, but like it kind of meant something because it was a real car. So that's when I was like, okay, you know, let me see what there is in karting. So that's what started my, my uh, real karting career where I actually was racing real against like real people, like at races where Robert Wickens would show up or Juan Montoya, Felipe Massa, like all those people. Wow. And if it wasn't honestly for that and me quitting baseball, like it, th- at that time I would have either been way too late to the party or like too early to realize yeah. what I should be doing. Tommen's everything, dude. Like, yeah. so the car thing interests me a lot too, because like, obviously I have no plans on becoming a driver by any means. Like I, I like the space that I'm in. I just love racing in general, love the culture around it. So, and there's a lot going on there too, but I guess like if I was going to, I feel like if I were, were to like have entered anything, like when I was a kid, I remember, you remember the Disney movie about the girls that had the NHRA drag cars? Yeah. The Erica Ender story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched that and like tried to beg my dad to like buy me a drag car. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's too much. I'm like, you like NASCAR, though, Dad? Like, just imagine I could just run straight line. It shouldn't be that hard, you know? And, like, you know, (laughs) being a little shit that I was, dude, like, I didn't – like, I know a lot more now to it. But the go-kart thing is, like, the a way that a lot of people have gotten into it. And, I mean, it just – like, for some people, obviously, it's it's fun. It's a hobby. I love riding go-karts. But the more I've learned about the competitive karting world, man, it's – uh. That is a huge, huge thing, like yeah. everywhere. And there's so many different facets. It's what's fascinating to me is that there's so much racing going on all around the world at all times. And it's just nobody knows about it because it's not like put out there in that bigger light. So looking to, to see more stuff like that. But um, you were doing that in Miami at the time. Yeah, so I went from like one very difficult sport to be successful in in Miami, which is baseball, because like every player's son or like some guy who moved from Cuba with his whole family and like a bunch of foreign players show up and just absolutely rake. And I go to like uh, another space where there's like a lot of kids doing this because obviously there's a lot of rich parents because Miami's kind of a hotbed for business. And then like racers, kids, racers that moved to Miami, you know, so the scene of karting in Miami is huge. Like it's, it's difficult to be successful in. I mean, there's a couple of like notables that made it out. I mean, the Fittipaldi's Enzo and Pietro Fittipaldi, they all carted in Miami at the time. Wow. Uh, Nick Sanchez, who races for Rev Racing, uh, big Miami carter. 
Uh, Sebastian Montoya, Juan Pablo Montoya's son, cut his teeth. Same track that I that I started off in. Now he's in like F4 Italy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's crazy. So I didn't I didn't realize, like, I guess this I didn't realize the this the Miami scene was like there. So yeah. yeah, but it makes sense. I mean, it's just, it's a hot spot place to move. I mean, it's a, it's a fun place, fun town. I've never been personally. I want to go. I eat Dude, you gotta go. Daytona so many times. Dude, Miami's sick. Like, whatever you're into, whether it be racing, partying, whatever it is, man, Miami's it's fun, man. They got an go. avenue for you. My dream was just to get the the white Ferrari, like Don Johnson, <laughs> the way in the in the white suit with the sleeves pushed out, man. Yeah, man, on the on the bridge on the MacArthur Causeway. Yeah, mm-hmm. doing, yeah. as my son says, doing some skirts you know, <laughs> around the way. So yeah, yeah. no, I, I want to get down there and check that out though. I mean, that's uh, I mean, it's funny, and they do that. So what's the track called in Miami? Uh, so now it's called AMR Motorplex. Okay. Um, it's at it's actually at Homestead Miami Speedway. It's out outside of Turn One. So in the there's the parking lot and then there's a cart track in the parking lot. Really? Okay, yeah. I'm we're making that happen. Whenever I go to Miami, <laughs> that that's definitely going to be something that I do because I, I do like running go karts. It's fun as shit. Dude, hell yeah! And they got rentals now. That rental track is sick. Okay. It's sick. I want to like. All right, so yeah, we we need to we need to figure out I, like competitive. Like, is there like a lot of fighting in karting? Do people fight a lot? Yeah, I think my first fights as a as a person have i don't i'm not a fighter like as a, you said your first like, fight is a person as yeah first fight as a human being were you not a person i i was not a person for a long time i was just like <laughs> like Wait, where are you from <laughs> bro? dude you, you're, dude, you're a piece I, of bread now <laughs> this, I, this anamorphic bread. yeah anamorphic carbohydrate oh <laughs> So when all right, so the fight, so the fight what was what was this fight? Uh, How do they fight? Do they got so, hands? I mean, I I tried to make it that way because I was pissed. Like I don't like so no, I don't fight. Like I am not a fighter. I was in high school. I never fought once. People used to yell at me, scream at me, call me shit, and I look at them like, like I don't I don't know. Like be mad, I guess. Like, like i just want to fight it people. works sometimes it yeah and, and i'm small so it's like what am i doing fighting like yeah, i don't know why you want to fight me bro like, yeah like i don't even <laughs> want to fight you like yeah. pick your own other fight i don't yeah. care go punch yourself in the face yeah like, like <laughs> so um i was carding it was just my first national carding race it was at homestead and uh it was this guy who who would always race us in these um the, the local races there and grown ass man like used to race formula four like used to race in europe like like older guy and at the time i was like 17 he was like probably in his 40s but like every time he would throw these dumbass blocks on me like some like dangerous blocks and i was like this is kind of mad disrespectful but i'm gonna let it slide like i'm gonna pass you regardless Get that joey so, l on you yeah i was like whatever like i'll just deal with it so then one time he blocked me in like a place where you just don't block. Like we were entering the turn right before and I was already alongside him and he like hip checked me and then tried to take the corner and I wasn't going to lift. I was like, no, nah, I'm tired of this motherfucker. So I, I hit him like when he chopped me, I, w- I didn't lift and I just kind of spun like that. So we like spun into the barrier. We both hit the wall and his cart is like half on top of mine. So I get up, <laughs> get up at this cart 
and I like take my helmet off immediately because I'm like, I ain't no little, I ain't no bitch. So I took my helmet off <laughs> and I got to this guy and I was like, yo, what's your problem? Like, I'm like pushing at him. And this guy gets up and like with his helmet on, shoves my whole face back and I'm like on the ground. <laughs> and at that point, I'm like, ah, oh, dude, I'm, I'm done here. Oh, so man. Yeah. And I tried to get back up. And then after that, like people come in and like break us apart. So I didn't really get to actually punch him or anything, but I was like, damn, like. That's still a story, close. bro. I mean, I mean, you popped off a grown man. You're just like, you're like, that you stood your ground though, because it's like he's yeah. out there for the like for one thing. It's like, what are you doing out there with these youngins, man? I mean, yeah, he. I mean, to be fair, he did have every right to be out there, but he was also driving like a little bitch, like, like you know, like come on, dude, dude like. Yeah. You're like, I, I, I don't no disrespect to age gaps and differences, but like, and just my brain works that way. It's like, bro, you're racing like 17 year old kids, bro. Like, like, and you're out here. Does this make you feel good at night? Like, just, I, <laughs> dude, I guess, shit. I guess, man. I was like, I was so heated, dude. Cause I was like, man, I got paid to fix this card again. And like, man. that was like a streak of like a couple races where I got caught up in the stupid wrecks and I had to keep paying for spindles. And I was like, bro, I was tired of this. Like, takes time dude yeah like i mean I, yeah. I can only imagine like going through that i mean like but it builds it builds the confidence builds the character and i mean obviously gets you in position to to know what to do and what not to do in certain situations you know i think yeah. i mean dude i would have went i would have like just went full like tear mode <laughs> like with that guy if he would have done it to me and just been like you're a grown man like what are you doing I'm just like, like what's the kid from I don't know if you remember like uh, Billy Madison. You yeah, you yeah. Billy like, Madison, where he's like spraying the kid with the hose pipe. Like, who are you? I don't even know you. <laughs> Go away, Mister. Like, yeah, <laughs> just full blown like that. Like that's that scene. <laughs> that's what that's what was happening to poor to poor Brad, little Brad, yeah. just trying to just keep his position. For real, man. We were racing for like like thirteenth. Like it wasn't even that serious either. That's why I was even more mad. Cause I'm like, why are you block me for thirteenth? I hope I hope one day we find this guy and we just meet. Him. I hope I get I hope I'm with you and we meet him. And I'm going to have some things. I'm going to it's going to be comical. It's going to be fun. He won't even know that I'm just talking shit on him. I I I'm I'm really good at that. So we'll have fun with it. Um so so you leave so at some point obviously you had to leave Miami. Like what got you to North Carolina and and what kind of got you into the to the situation that you're in now? So uh, it was more so work. So uh, like I kind of had this strap going on when I was like starting to do real racing um, that I wanted to be able to race and not have to, I knew it was going to cost me money and I had to, I didn't really have many sponsors and I honestly didn't really have any sponsors for a while. And uh, I essentially made a deal with my dad that I was like, all right, well, once I graduate, um, can we buy this car and I'll go 50, 50 with you. And then like, I'll take care of like a good amount of the finances, but like, I'm going to need help. But like, he's like, as long as you're working or are in school or whatever you do, like I'll do it. And then I was like, okay, cool. So I was living at home, my parents and it, it kind of, it was a while. Like I had now raced about a year of Miatas or two years of Miatas just about, um, and it was costing me so much money to race. Like it was like, it was stupid. Like I got sponsorship, but it wasn't even covering like not even 50% of the bill. Damn. And I got people to the point where I was like, I don't know okay. how serious that is, man. I don't think yeah. people understand that. 
And I honestly could afford it at the time only because I was living at home. Like if I wasn't living at home and had to pay real bills, like I was paying at the time, like my phone and like whatever the hell else I did, like the car that I had, we bought it at the junkyard and the insurance is really cheap. So like, I didn't have a really expensive car. I didn't have like, I just had like bare minimum everything. And then I spent all my money on racing. Um, But it kind of got to the point where I was like, like, how am I going to like live? Like, how am I going to have a house? Like, how am I going to have savings when all I do is spend money on this? So once I worked up to the point where I had like a good enough resume racing, like I felt like I was experienced enough that like, okay, I know there's a next step now. Uh, I started looking for work in North Carolina because I figured that's where everything's at. Um, first thing. Second thing is if I wanted to be in NASCAR, like even if it was a lower end anything, at least I was in the conversation by being there. And then third thing was it's cheaper to live in North Carolina than it is in Miami by like just off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I figured like if I was ever going to own a house or even pay rent, period, like there's no way I could live in Miami. It's just not happening. So uh, my buddy, Jay Lopez, um, who I worked with at Johnny Davis's and then I worked with at Martin's, he told me about um, an internship that I could have done um, in the wintertime on the offseason when I got this opportunity to race the winter heat um, in 2018. So I was like, all right, I'll go and I'll work because I have nothing else better to do while I'm there for a week. And um, the competition director at uh, JD Motorsports, Brian Berry, was like, hey, man. I like you. Like, if you want to work, like, let me know. I was like, Oh really? It's like that. Like, (laughs) is that, is that easy? (laughs) So, um, once, uh, I told him about my situation he goes, well, whenever you want to start and, uh, ended up moving and I lived, um, on my buddy's couch for a little bit and, uh, the way that's yeah. (laughs) And I got a couple checks together and started working. And then, uh, when the new season started in 2020 or in 19, um, I was like, well, guess I'm moving. So <laughs> picked up all my stuff, moved. I ended up, uh, living with Ryan Vargas, uh, in his, uh, two bedroom apartment. Uh, That's old Ryan. Yeah. Like old yeah. Ryan, man. Yeah. Him and his dad, like, let me stay over there. So it was pretty cool. And, I, I still live with him in a different house now, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, if it wasn't for that, I definitely wouldn't even be here. That's the beauty of it, man. It's, it's just like about who, you know, and like who you meet along the way, man. Like that's, and I think that that's a tribute to a lot of different like stories. And I mean, like you're still building your story up to where, you know, and it, there's so much more to go in the journey too. And so I, you know, I'm sure there's a ton of people out there in the racing world that can relate because you, most people that are watching racing on TV, you know, you see these guys and these drivers, nobody really understands like what it takes to get there and like how, difficult it can be so i mean it really takes a lot of willpower and a mindset just beyond what most people will take so i mean it's a it's a testament dude to like what you're doing and you know how you're you know getting everything formed now because like i said i just met you we we met each other for the first time in person i think it was what talladega in 2019 and we we had great conversations we we didn't talk much about this so it's kind of like it's awesome because i'm really getting to kind of hear your story now um, we were talking a lot about music at the time and like the direction yeah. of NASCAR and those types of things, which we have a lot of similarities, obviously. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of hyped to hear that uh, I set my friends on fire is going to be playing in Charlotte <laughs> at the end of the month. You got to come through, it. man. Come on. I know, man. I love Nate, dude. Like it was so cool getting to meet him. 
he's another guy I never thought I would meet through motorsports. And it's like, yeah. it's so weird, dude. I'm just like, <laughs> I grew up listening to this dude's stuff and I'm just like, Oh, dude. here he is. He just, he's in NASCAR. Dude. Like, that's how it was like for me, bro. I met him at Texas in 2019 and he was in the garage and I'm like, don't I know you? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, like why are you here? Like, yeah. What? Like, why are you at a NASCAR race? Dude, so, they love it yeah. though. Rockers love this this thing, man. Like, there's so many musicians out there that love racing, and and so like that's why like I think that with where everything's headed now, and the the new the next generation with the next gen car, obviously coming with the Cup Series, but the next generation of, of fans and racers. I mean, there's just, it's a really pivotal, awesome time right now. And, uh, yeah. and the personality is coming to life. I mean, like I said, just seeing like you and a couple of these other guys that are kind of just getting, getting into it on that side with NASCAR through ARCA and different, different types of racing around the North Carolina area. There's so much personality that's just blooming. So I think that that's dope. And you, uh, so obviously I wanted to kind of backtrack a little bit. How long did you race Miatas for? So I raced Miatas from, so we bought the car in 15. I didn't get to race much. So 15 is when I graduated high school. Um, so didn't really race much. I raced carts mainly until about 2017 that I raced Miatas from 17. So I guess present, like I haven't raced this year, but I, I raced one time last year. Uh, so yeah. So about, three four ish years yeah i learned heavily about the miata the miata gang and lifestyle through moon car um, yeah that was uh <laughs> i thought it was dude i'm not gonna lie man like i i grew up just strictly on nascar i didn't really know much outside of that other than like i knew a little bit about indycar but we just did nascar like my whole life so like my my thought or my uh my bubble was not big enough so when I really found out that that was a thing, like, cause like, I was just like, Oh, this is great. they got Mazdas out here. And I'm like, Oh, they really do that. And I'm yeah. like, Oh shit. Okay. So I've learned a ton, man, but I think that's cool too. So you, so you went from there to there. And then now obviously you move to North Carolina, you're, you're working and networking, meeting people. And so this is all really kind of new that's happening. Now. Like, this is like where we are now in the story. Like, I mean, you've, you just kind of met some people and you've got, you got into the race at art. What was it like running Watkins Glen? Dude, it, it was crazy. Cause like it's so many different factors that kind of came up with that. Like the only reason why I got the opportunity first place, cause I moved. The only reason why I even knew who Josh Williams was is because working in the garage, like I just seen him all the time. And like, we only really became friends because like every time I would be in the garage, like we would practice day, like I would see him working on his own car. And I'm like, yo, who are you, bro? Like, what, what are you doing? That's them people, like, bro. That's the yeah. people. So I would always like, we would always shoot the shit and like crack jokes at each other. Cause I'm like, like I would go up to him and I'm like, Hey man, you're, you're late for your, your, your makeup. Like what, why, what are you doing working on the car? <laughs> like, we, we, we like, like making fun of each other. It's funny. Like, he knew I raced Miata, so he'd be like, oh, aren't you late for your little Miata race? And I'm like, what? Yeah. Once I get off the clock. <laughs> like, yeah. But we, we'd laugh and, like, um, so just that and then knowing all the people in the garage and when that day came and when we were able to put that deal together, 
um, just even the day of that race, like I would be going through tech and then like the same people who I'm used to working with are just like, buddy, that, that's not a, that's, you should be working on your tires right now. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, I know, like, this is weird. Like uh, so many, so many cool people uh, like hyped me up that day. And uh, that, that was an unforgettable experience. Like most of the memory of that day wasn't even driving. Like it was just like everything around that, like leading getting up to, to it and after. Yeah. Like going to the midway and like meeting fans. Like I've never during a race weekend ever got to like go to the fan zone and just speak with people. I got to do that. And I was like, super That's cool. Awesome. Like, you know, I, I never got to like, I did a driver introduction. I'd never done driver introductions like Miata's we don't race in front of people. Like I've never raced in front of that many people in my entire life. And it, wow. I'm going through the pace lap. And that's, that's the one thing I remember the most. I'm going through the pace lap, going through this whole track. And I see like campfires. I see like people in the, the, the pool. I see like people with like, I see ev- everything. And I'm like, yo, what the hell? Like, that's one thing I've always <laughs> wanted to know. I've never, I, I always forget to ask that question. Obviously, you're focusing on what's happening in the race, but like, do do you like like look around like when you're driving, like just to like I don't know. I'm sure everything's a blur, but like I always wondered that. Like, do do the drivers like kind of see what's happening around them, or is it just all tunnel vision, focus on what's happening in front of you? So I think uh, there's a different answer for everybody. Uh, I know my answer is like. At first, when I'm driving, I get tunnel vision up because I'm so focused at the task at hand. But once I get comfortable in a car and comfortable at a situation, um, I like open up and I kind of look around like uh, and the Miatas, like because I had raced Miatas so much, I got so comfortable with the car and like comfortable with the tracks that like uh, I raced this 14 hour race at Sebring one time in a Miata. And like I'm, I'm in the middle of the stint and like I go into turn one every time and I see this person sitting on the bleachers. And like I would turn in whatever and I'd see him all night. And then I, I, I don't even remember consciously like remembering that other than just like the moment that he left the grandstand, I remembered it. And I'm like, where'd he go? Oh, like, he's not there anymore. He's not yeah. there anymore. Like that's the thing. Just, like, just I've, always, like that. I've always tried to like, cause you, you know how like all in the stands, they have people that are always just like every time, like a Kyle Bush or somebody comes by, it's fuck you. Like, you know, so it's like that kind of shit. You, I always have just wondered, like in my head, I'm like, they like, why are you doing that? Like, they're not even, they can't even see. They're not, they're not going to respond to you. Like what? So in the stock car, it's kind of hard to see. So like, you really can't see much like coming out of that, like, unless it's like the windshield and like maybe a little bit on the side, you can't really see anything, but like under caution, like whenever we're going so, so I can see people like I, like at the Glen when we were under yellow, like I, I could see faces. Like I was going down back straight away. I could look my spotter in the eye when he was on the thing. Like, you know, it's like, like going in the yeah. vision, like the adrenaline going through you. Like maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Well, with more adrenaline, picture. I see less, I feel. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, yeah. You, you paint a good picture of it, though, because like, I can kind of see, like, how that could work out now. Um, so Watkins Glen was the first one that you had. And now this past weekend, you had a busy weekend. You got to test at Daytona. Obviously, that's special. I wish we could have stayed an extra day or two to get to, to link up with you and see you. But um, your first time – was that your first time on running Daytona as a track, right? Like, how, so, how was that? 
So I've been there uh, to race. So I've been there as a crew member. I've been there to race. Um, I've raced Miatas there. I've raced a couple other types of cars at Daytona before. Uh, I've obviously crewed at Daytona a couple times, um, but I never raced the big track. So I always raced the road course. Um, and I experienced the draft, but the draft at like 120. Never quite the draft at like 190. So what's that like? like? What's that dude, difference like? <laughs> dude, it is like like so I so when I was doing the single car run. The first time I go into turn one, like everybody tells me, like, don't lift, like, don't lift, don't. And I'm like, duh, like, why would I lift? So I'm like going into turn one and I'm like, damn, this is pretty damn fast. Like, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I saw he's getting faster and faster coming up. So I'm coming off a of turn two on the apron and I'm going down the back straightaway and going into three. And I'm like, damn, that's kind of fast. Like, and I, I go into the corner and I'm like, oh, it's getting light. And as soon as it goes in the corner, I'm like, I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty that's like that's heavy man yeah, so i'm like dude. i come off turn four and i have to like readjust my whole body because like my head like dipped below the headrest because i didn't realize how much g-force was going to be in the corner wow and then once i fixed that like i go in the corner I'm like okay now i'm going to corner I'm like okay kind of no all right position yeah now i'm like okay this is boring after three three laps i'm like all right this is kind of boring but then once they introduced the draft like you get behind somebody and your whole car is just like, like yeah, it just, just like, moves. Like, dude, you're like, you're just moving like, like crazy, like darty. And it's like, what the hell you get in a corner behind somebody and you can like, you can feel how much more faster you're going when you're behind somebody. Like I go in the corner and the G forces are even more so because I'm going faster and I'm like, damn, like, now I'm like, I, I didn't get in a pack of big, like a lot of cars. Like it was like only two or three cars, but now I'm like, dude, imagine like what those cup guys feel when they're like three wide, four deep. And I'm like, how the hell do you hold it straight? Cause like all the turbulence. That's the but, main thing that I've wondered too, is just cause like, once you hit that draft, man, like it's just, especially doing it for your first time. Like I don't, and I mean, maybe it's just because like, obviously you have good instructors. They tell you what not to do and what to do. And as long as you just follow that exact game plan, you're going to get it quickly. Knowing me, I'd be like, well, maybe there's some kind of advantage here. And like, I just always would think like, like somebody has had to like say, well, well what if I do lift? You know, obviously they know what's going to happen, but it's yeah. like, I couldn't imagine just like what that feels like the sling of just coming up from there after lifting and just like rock, like just piling a wall dude like that yeah that's it's gotta be real obviously the cars are really safe now but i think it's just a really cool thing that like it, it really is about the structure of it like just getting in there and just doing what you're told to do and as long as you follow that it's just like releasing that fear too because so many people would be scared to death dude probably to go through that so it's a it's a testament there's a lot of fearless people like you can't be you can't have the fear in you to drive shout out to ricky bobby with the cougar you know he had to get Fast. it out of him but uh, so I think that that's a big thing. And that, that obviously transcends outside of the car into life, too, because I don't know many race car drivers that are scared of, of much shit out there. Can't be like I always have to check myself because like I'm not necessarily scared of crashing or, or like any of that. Like I'm not scared to hit a wall at 180. Like it's, it's whatever. What I am scared of is my bank account. So yeah. that is that is my check. The check yeah. on me is like. <laughs> when when I do something and I like for instance I had to experience that this weekend in the legend car where like 
I told him, I'm like, dude, I go into turn two and that thing's so damn sketch and I feel like I'm gonna wreck the thing. And he goes, Well, stop being stop being a pussy and just drive the damn car. And I'm like, <laughs> All right. It's like, yeah, and I'm like, I'm not scared or crash. I'm just scared I gotta pay for it. Like, but yeah, that's like I gotta defeat that. Like, you know, like the drivers who can not have to worry about stuff like that and like just worry about like I gotta just hit this corner as fast as I can. And I can't think about the consequences of it. Those are the guys like the Kyle Larson types. Like that's like the, that's like those, the fast guys, like all the fast, fearless guys like Reddick, for instance, like they're not afraid. Like they don't even think about that stuff. They just go out there and like, you know, chip it. Do you it, think you know? that that's something that maybe like some of the smaller car teams they, they experience? Like, like you're, if you experience that, do you think that that's what, like, what, is that like the thing that could like keep people from really showing a lot more of their, uh, their talent? Yeah, and that's what that goes to show like the adjustment that some of the small team guys have to make when they get their big shot, you know, because like a lot of the guys like like I would even say Ryan Priest, for instance, like like he raced for Johnny Davis for like a full season. So like his MO was like get as much experience as you can, you can don't wreck the car. So like obviously he got a really big break when he raced those few races for Gibbs and he won. But like I feel like when you when you go through that you have to almost like unlearn the like shackles of, Hey, you, it's okay. If you crash the car, as long as you were going hard as you can and try to get the best out of it, like, don't worry about that. And I feel like that adjustment is something that definitely people have to make when you go from either driving for yourself or driving for a lower budget. And then now when the team that you're working for is like, we don't care unless you win. That's so eye opening. Like I've never thought about it like that. Like that's that's some good shit right there, man. Yeah, I I think what we need to do <clears throat> is like, you know, we'll just call so many people just to test the theory, you know, and be like, hey, like, dude, like, bro, I got like a cool millie, bro. Like yesterday, like it's yours, dog. Like good luck out there, dog. You know, just like you know, <laughs> tell them like we got this money waiting for you. Like just go to a bank and ask me if you could take like a photo of the vault and yeah. then just see what happens. <laughs> yeah see how they drive different you know they'd be really mad if they wrecked it and then that was just like i'm sorry bro i was just trying i don't to have the money <laughs> you know yeah. mentally you know oh not not physically i have no green to give you now so, <laughs> yeah you know how many things i would have done differently if i knew that i didn't have to pay for what i crashed that's nuts. oh man i feel like i would have been so much better that's so crazy man but it is like dude, that is something that's so awesome and like like people it's not really awesome but it's awesome to know that it gives a new perspective for people to, to look at some of, you know, the guys that are working their way up and some of the guys maybe that are even in cup that are, you know, that, that usually the people that stay towards the back or Xfinity and different things like that. So whole new outlook on it. Um, so thank you for that, Brad. Thank you. Um, no, aside welcome, from the architects though, obviously it was, had to be incredible and it was an incredible experience. It sounded like you had uh, the, the winter heat, this this winter heat how did you do in that race and uh and what's the uh what's the vibe around that man like i love legend car racing like i think it's so it's 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 harder than nascar like all like, honestly it reminds me of like gangster cars from like the 20s dude like yeah you know, like the ak out the window <laughs> yeah they're like the little mobster cars like the, the old 34 <laughs> 34 coupe yeah. like the old ford you know yeah dude those cars are freaking hard to drive like like let's say if i was going to compare the arca car to a legend car legend car is like an eight out of ten hard to drive 
and the arc car is like a four out of ten hard to drive like holy shit like i used more effort trying to drive this legend car than i did the arca car by like a and lot. they're way smaller than arca cars it's just they're just so hard like it's so much power like these things were like 1300 pounds but like you have like a 1250 cc engine in it like you're hauling ass and you have like such a short wheelbase that you turn in the corner and the whole car goes and you're like chasing it like you're turning you're literally turning right to go left like it's it's you're you're dirt wheeling that thing (laughs) yeah and the tires are so hard your wheel spinning everywhere like it's holy it's hard so i was like i love doing legend car racing because i feel like it makes everything else seem easier so like it's kind of like like you know in baseball like you when you up you on deck and you get the donut out and you swing the donut like hundred yeah. times. You go out there and you swing the bat like, hey, this is a, I'm, I have a stick in my it's hand. A paperweight, like, bro. It's a paperweight. That's essentially legend car racing. Like, wow. if you could be good at legend car racing, like those people translate to like bigger cars way easier because they've driven something ten times harder to drive than a, a late model or a truck or an Xfinity car, whatever it may be. Yeah, who's so, a, another legend car driver? I know Bubba, Bubba drove legends. Bubba Wallace drove legends. Um, yeah, Joey Logano. Uh, William Byron. William Byron started off in legend cars. Yeah. Like a, a lot of guys, like Ryan Blaney. Um, yeah. You know, you think, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of really fast guys that started off in, in legend cars. Holy shit. Okay, so I need to get to a legend car race, but I – I probably will still be that guy. Like, just don't take any offense to it. I will definitely have a fake, like, Tommy gun, like, suspenders. And just be like, just like I'm here for my car. Like, what in my car? Like, oh, no. Like, dude, I just – that I, I will never get that image out of my head, bro. Like, ever. Like, it's just – and I feel like it works. Like, they should do a theme. They should do a themed race like that. Like, yeah. run from the cops. <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde car, yeah, dude, but, all the way. So, right, well, dude, uh, yeah, so you did that this weekend, and where, uh, how'd you, how'd you end up, dude? I was bad, dude. I like this is my second weekend doing it. So this is the this was round three. We did round one and two last week. Um, I uh, I qualified, so I didn't get practice, and they changed the layout. I didn't get practice skills at the architect. So I come on Saturday morning. I am tired as hell get in the car and practice. And I put it like eighth and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm impressed. It's like eighth out of 22. All right. I'm like, whatever. I, I could deal with that. So I go to qualify and I like, I didn't warm up my tires. I just went straight to go. I was like, we're going. So I'm going and I'm, I, I put a lap down. That's like six fastest on the board. And I'm like, all right, hell yeah. And I'm like, but I, I know I go faster. I mess up in turn one. I mess up in turn two. I'm like, oh, no, we get in the rest of this lap. I go into the – it's like a little chicane. So it's like a hard braking and left and a right. It's like two tire barriers right there. I go on the brakes and I lock it up. (laughs) Lock up the front tires. And I go straight head on into this fence, like into the wall. Like full on, like just into the fence. Radiator busted. Steering arm busted. Like upper control arm, you know, both fenders done. Hood done. And I'm like, damn it. Like, I'm so mad. Um, I, I'm, I get towed to the garage. I'm in the little, I'm inside the tow truck talking to the guys, you know, and I'm making fun of myself. Oh, and man. then I get there. Luckily, Josh Williams was not there because he would have clowned me. Yeah. Um, Dude, Josh, so I was driving Josh his car. That guy. I met him. <laughs> yeah, one he clowned time. me. 
He's, he's a trip. <laughs> he's funny. So the um, one of his crew members that I'm good friends with, John, he goes, well, "What did you do?" And I'm like, "I cobbed up. I, I, I'm a cob." <laughs> Jesus, so yeah, he got it fixed. Luckily, um, went back out there with no hood, no fenders, straight up modified style. There's like a picture on Instagram some guy took. I and do that. <laughs> yeah, so I ended up I qualified eighth actually, and then I drove. I almost spun out of lap one because my steering arm was bent. And I, I like, so the first two corners are right-handers. So I'm like, okay, feels nice. I didn't know how it drove after it was wrecked. So I'm like guessing. I'm like, oh, this is fine. And the first left-hander I make, I turn in the corner and the whole car goes, Phew! and I'm like, oh shit. So I, I save it, go like from 10th, drive all the way back to sixth. And that was where I finished. And I was like, we're fine. I didn't die. We're good. Hey, hey man, it's something. At least you didn't finish in the tow truck that day. Yeah, I would have been mad as hell. There's that. You had you had a solid little crew out there with you too. I saw uh I think Bozy was out there that day. Moonhead was there. You had Ryan. Uh yeah. you had a couple other guys I don't think I've met. I saw in some of the pics on Twitter. But uh yeah, yeah you gotta have the squad, dude. Like I I'm I'm gonna get to one of these, dude. Like I'm I'm gonna get to one. So don't don't be too uh don't be too, you know, hesitant to bring me now knowing that that I may or may not show up with uh you know with that attire. Of the, uh, the I, you can do whatever you want, man. That's fun. That's all I think fun. It would be, I think it would be fun to do interviews <laughs> like that. Like, yeah, just, I, go to yeah. Legend Car Kids and just feel yeah, like, just go up to them, just like, <laughs> how long have you had this car? See, just like, just throw them off because you know they don't know what the hell I'm, that is. They're like, who is yeah. this guy? Yeah, like, sound like a spaghetti noodle. If they probably never even watched mobster movies, they're like all really young. The only reason I knew about it was from like Jim Carrey in the mask when he was like that guy that was like, step right up here. Like, and then he you had never watched uh, Public Enemy, dude. Public, en- uh, maybe a long time ago. Damn, You're talking about was it Russell Crowe in that? Yeah, okay, yeah, dude, big monster movie, man. Yeah, that was like that OG shit. And then like you had like Gatsby, but there wasn't a lot of mobbing going on there. Nah. It was the era though, yeah, you know. Like Penguin from Batman, he was definitely a mobster before yeah, he like mobster. got like pissed on by penguins or whatever. However, the hell he became what he became. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think, what was another yeah. mobster movie? Uh, there's, there's a, there's got to be a couple of them. I, I, I'm I mean, missing a lot. So much, dude. I mean, you want to think Gangs of New York, but that was even way before then. They didn't have cars. Yeah. That was like the real OGs. <laughs> they were out here in horse and carriage robbing people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all the, I just want to go from that era all the way to like stay scheming with Rick Ross. Like that's, yeah, that's in the vicinity. All right, so yeah, all right. Legend car video of Brad with stay scheming by Rick Ross and uh, watching Public Enemy and remaking that with Legends cars. All right, so that's what we're gonna do with that. But no, it sounds like you had a hell of a weekend though, dude. And I appreciate you taking the time to chat. Um, so obviously, uh, that's that's that, and and now it's time. For the end of the show, we're not going to end it without getting poll picks. So right now, uh, Tyler Reddick is on the cusp of going 3-0. and I need to check this score. I've got a couple of bets for you, though. So this is obviously going to be Monday night. So Monday release, and it's going to be the first time poll picks has all been done on one night, I think. So hmm. this is a actually maybe not. Maybe the second time. I think Blaney's was all in one day as well. So – You'll be the second one that we'll have for the Monday Monday show, and uh, we'll do we'll do hockey and NFL playoff games. By the way, do you have like a favorite NFL team or a favorite hockey team? 
It hurts, but I am a Dolphins fan. Ooh. I was I was hurt very God, hard. I hate it for y'all with Flores. Oh my god! Stupid, dude. I it, you know what the worst part about that was is that I found out about it about the firing not on my own accord, but Jeff Gluck texted me asking me why they got why they fired Brian Flores, and I woke up to that like. What Gluck thinks you're the Miami Dolphins insider, bro? That's even more clutch. Like you're like the guy in Miami. Why did why they fire him, Brad? They fired him because they're a piss poor organization, and I hope the GM feels bad because he did not need to get fired. The offensive coordinator needed to be fired. Leave it at that. I can agree. (laughs) So now Flores gets to go. Maybe they'll change their mind and resign him. That'd be like the first time that ever happened in the history of life. I think the fan base would actually be happy about it. Yeah, I want him back. So maybe they would. Because if not, I really think he's going to Denver. I think he's going to go to Denver. And then they're going to go to the playoffs. Yep, probably. Yeah, I hate it for you, bro. I really do. Uh, But be happy. The Patriots got bounced real bad uh, over the weekend. (sighs) I, I knew it would happen. I, yeah, I, I predicted that did. it would happen. We all kind of knew that one was coming. <laughs> I could have said that on week two. I knew it would happen. Mac did okay, but everybody else sucked dick, dude. It was rough. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Tyler, Tyler very well may go 3-0, and dude. It's 23-17, 49ers right now. So it's well under 50. Um, it's, it's getting close, but they're, they're in the fourth suck. quarter, so we'll see. Um, but let, let's focus on your poll picks now. So uh, let's go ahead and start. So Brad Perez. Poll picks, it's time, okay? So, sportsman, we're going to test a sports brain, see if Brad can go 3-0 and uh, on Monday night. Here we go. We're going to start off with Arizona Cardinals and the L.A. Rams, okay? Playoff game, uh, wild card game, wild card. Boy, shout out to wild cards nationwide. Um, the spread for this game is 3.5 uh, with the Rams being favored. Um, we have over under at 49 and a half and the Cardinals money line is plus 155 and the Rams money line is minus 180. Uh, so Rams are favored. What do you like there on that one, Brad? I will give it to the Rams. Um, I do. I I really can't, um, can't really say that Arizona's defense is going to show up any given game, honestly. Um, obviously Arizona is a, a pretty good offensive team and they had a really good record, but, um, they, they have some loopholes. And I feel like if, if the Rams running game is fire, like it usually is, um, Arizona is not going to be able to contain them. So, okay. So, so we're just going to go all in with the money line. So we're taking Rams money line. Yes, sir. All right. Rams money line for that one. Uh, next one, we have the Nashville predators and the St. Louis Blues over in Hockey Town. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start with that. The puck line is set at one and a half with the Blues being favored. So minus one and a half Blues, and we have plus one and a half for the Preds. Uh, over under is set at six, and the money line for the Predators is plus 110. The money line for the Blues is minus 130. Fred, tell us what's happening on the ice. So I am not a hockey guy. I, I know very little about hockey, uh, being totally honest. Um, but uh, I do be watching the highlights sometimes. Um, I do know that Nashville is pretty decent. I know obviously the uh, Columbus is, is a really good team. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Nashville. 
All right. So Nashville money line plus one ten. So that's a little cheddar right there. Bet a hundred to get one ten. All right. So we got an underdog. One underdog pick is in. So we're going with the Preds. Okay. And the last one, we'll keep it on the ice. We'll keep it cold. It is cold in North Carolina. It's snowing its ass off. Everyone is either A, making snow angels, or B, trying to wreck on the road ice out there. Because the streets oh, yeah. are the streets closed? Streets closed? Not closed, but people are having fun. So <laughs> Big fun, slipping, sliding. All right. So the late game for hockey, we got the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Vegas Golden Knights. All right. So this is the late game on the ice, uh, night ice, as we'll call it. Puck line is at one and a half, as usually is. Uh, and you've got the Pittsburgh Penguins as the underdog. So plus one and a half for that puck line, minus one and a half for the Vegas Golden Knights for that puck line. The over-under is set at six, two good teams here. So uh, that that looks pretty good. And then you got two uh, teams that are pretty decently matched. Uh, the underdog in this one is going to be the Penguins at minus 105, and then the Golden Knights minus 115. What are we taking for night ice? This is going to be a tough one as the two really good teams. Um, uh, I'm not going to be controversial. I'm going to say, yeah, the Golden Knights probably going to win this one. I'll say over six. Over six. Okay. And bonus, maybe bonus bet, Vegas, Vegas, you know, money line minus 115, maybe bonus. I'll give it. All right. That is pole picks. With Brad Perez, aka Bread Perez, as named by Man from Food Truck in Miami. My Spanish teacher. Shout out to that guy for giving great nicknames. All right, let's see if they cash. All right, so that's uh that's the poll picks, guys. Brad, it has been uh been great catching up, been great hearing the story, man. Um, I hope the garage fam out there love it, obviously. And just thanks for uh giving us time on Garage Talk, dude. Where can everybody follow you at? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brad X Perez, letter X. Uh, also Instagram at uh, Brad, U-H Brad. You know, that's a, it's a weird one when I say it. So, like, I say, uh, Brad, and they just type in Brad. No, like, literally, uh, uh, Brad. U-H. Yeah, uh, Brad. So, you got, yeah. like, uh, like, from saw dude, uh, and then you also got the emo boy thing with the X in the, uh, the handle. Yeah. It was, that was all Tumblr era when I set up yeah, all those. Man. Yeah. Big time. I love yeah. that. I fuck with that energy, though. Yeah. I do. I do. And, guys, you already know where to follow me at Garage Guy Chase. Follow Garage Guys FS everywhere. Get the scoop on everything going on. The season's kicking back up. Are you going to try to get out to Clash, Brad? I am going to save my money and stay working. <laughs> there you go. All right. So, he'll be watching Ice Cube from, uh, from the house. I'll be watching. I'll be watching. Definitely. Oh, yeah, it's going to be dude. an exciting race. It was a good day. It's been a good day. It's been a good yeah. garage talk. Thanks so much again, Brad and garage fam. We will see you again soon. Enjoy your week. It's the garage guys. 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 It's, it's, it's the garage guys.